It's a bloodbath right now across Wall Street. Last two days, Dow has fallen about 1,000 points, at least at the recording of this time, recording of this podcast at this time, Dow has at least fallen 1,000 points. In fact, as of today, the Dow fell about 400 points. And of course, like I said, last two days was 1,000 points in general. Wall Street's freaking out across the board. It's interesting how they're freaking out now that there's talks of recession, and we'll get into a little bit what's causing these fears today in Wall Street. It's based off some reports that came out from some companies, okay? But some new other news events we got to be able to talk about, okay? First off, in today's podcast, we're going to be talking a little bit about how Pfizer and Moderna, Moderna are currently in an argument right now about the COVID vaccine and why this is becoming an intriguing article to look at currently right now because a year ago, these two were buddies trying to end the COVID uh, COVID restrictions that were happening, coming up with the vaccine, and now these two are fighting. Probably has to do with money at the end of the day. Then we have some news from Warner Brothers. What Dave uh, Zaz- Zaslov's plan is to get help turn Warner Brothers around. Okay. Then we got some news from Paramount, which is one of the biggest reasons why the Dow is currently tanking right now. What they said has spooked investors a little bit going forward. At least this is one factor in it as well. Then we have some huge news. GM is is having a union vote potentially, and we'll get into a little bit of that later on. And then the huge breaking news is TSMC, which we had briefly spoken about in last podcast when it had to do with the Netherlands, is speaking out today. There's some big news coming, and Joe Biden will be there to be able to cover more details about it. But Joe Biden will be present, apparently, according to the article. So with that being said, I have to remind you all that I'm not a professional advisor in any way, shape, or form. Everything I talk about in this podcast is for information purposes only. You need to do your own research before investing as you're not guaranteed to make money when you invest in the stock market. Please also note too that I am not a professional advisor in any way, shape, or form. And everything I talk about in this podcast is for information entertainment purposes only. You need to talk to your own professional advisor as they might be able to help you get a better understanding of your financial situation and what you need to do to invest because that's what they do. That's their career. I legally cannot give you financial advice. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only. With that being said, let's begin today's podcast. Pfizer rejects Moderna's claim to a copied COVID vaccine accused rival of rewriting history. This is from CNBC. Pfizer has rejected allegations made by rival Moderna that its COVID-19 vaccine is a copy, accounting the Boston biotech company of rewriting history to lay claim to technology developed by a field of scientists many years ago. Pfizer asked the federal court in Massachusetts on Monday to dismiss Moderna's lawsuit seeking monetary damages for alleged patient violations related to the Boston company COVID vaccine. Pfizer asked the court to stop Moderna from suing it or its partners against over three alleged patent infringements. Moderna is in a com- is it- <coughs> Moderna in a complaint filed in August accused Pfizer of copying two pieces of technology that makes the messenger RNA COVID vaccine possible. Moderna accused Pfizer of using the same modifications to mRNA that keeps the molecule stable long enough to program human cells to produce the critical spike protein that triggers an immune response against COVID. Moderna also accused Pfizer of using the same full-length spike protein in its COVID shots. Moderna says it demonstrated a full spike produce an immune response in 2015 when it developed an mRNA vaccine against Middle East Respiratory Syndrome. The vaccine never went to market. Moderna and Pfizer and BioNTech chose to 
to copy were foundational for the success of their vaccine, the company claimed. Pfizer and its German partner, BioNTech, vigorously rejected those allegations, saying that the technology building blocks for the vaccines were developed by a field of research scientists before the pandemic began. They accused Moderna of trying to place itself in the spotlight alone. Moderna is wrong, and its revision, revisionist history is not based on fact. Pfizer and BioNTech did not copy Moderna's technology. Pfizer sent the response. Rather, Pfizer and BioNTech independently developed their vaccine by utilizing innovation from their respective scientists and relying upon decades of research conducted by others before the pandemic began. Now, this is where I find interesting, okay? It says here, though, okay, with Pfizer, it says here, Pfizer said the modifications to mRNA was developed by research scientists at the University of Pennsylvania, one of whom is now an executive at BioNTech. It rejected Moderna's claim to own the full-length spike protein technology. And this is where this is where things get interesting. Pfizer said scientists have worried about coronavirus since the 2003 SARS outbreak. And the, by 2009, scientists understood the full-length spike-induced a strong immune response. Okay. I don't know where this is going to go at the end of the day for these two companies. But because Moderna does say that that they've lost money because it says Pfizer and Moderna have generated tens of billions of dollars in revenue from the COVID vaccines and generated windfall profits since the short, since the shots were first authorized in December, 2020. And it says Moderna is asking the court to award its monetary damages since March of 2022, including royalties and lost profits with interest. The company is also seeking enhanced damages up to three times the amount of compens compensatory damages found. You know, it's all about money for these, for Moderna at the end of the day, they probably are, not too happy that they didn't make a lot of more money than they should have at the end of the day. But what's also interesting too to point out is remember they were getting along during the COVID lockdowns when the shots were first being introduced. If I'm not mistaken too, I think technology was shared between companies. And so if, if Pfizer did steal stuff from Moderna, then that means they could prove it because I mean, or I guess they can't really prove it in that case. Cause if, if the, knowledge was being shared at the time to come up with a vaccine. I don't think that's going to hold case and hold a case in court, to be honest. We'll probably never hear any much more about this case going forward, but it's interesting to see how once two good companies that were trying to get the world out of the COVID-19 lockdowns are potentially going to court and it has to deal with money because Moderna probably feels like they got cheated out of a lot of stuff, even though they made tens of billions of dollars. I would share that with you because that's not going to get reported in the news anytime soon. But going on to some more news, David Zaslov, top priority at Warner Brothers Discovery, get the cash flowing again. Okay. A few months ago, after a lengthy and sobering review of Warner Brothers Discovery, businessman chief executive David Zaslov gave his decision head, heads a cutthroat mission. Pretend your units are family businesses, Zaslov said. Start from scratch and prioritize free cash flow. He added, according to people familiar with the matter, then Zaslov said, come back to me with a new strategic plan for your unit. Zaslov direction was led to what will amount to thousands of layoffs at the company by the middle of this month, said the people along with sustainable strategic changes at CNN, the Warner Brothers Film Studio and other divisions. The CEO formed his plan after he took a long, took a hard look at the finances of the combined Warner Media Discovery, a deal that closed in April. Zaslov determined the company was a mess. AT&T mismanaged Warner Media through neglect and uh, profligate spending. He decided, according to the people familiar with his discussion, the people asked not to identify because the talks were private. 
Warner Brothers Discovery's total debt of a $50 billion was tens of billions more than the company's market capitalization. About $5 billion of debt is due by the end of 2024, after paying off $6 billion since the close of the merger. The company could push back the maturity of some of those bonds if necessary, but interest rates have risen dra- dramatically, making refinancing much costlier. To pay down debt, after any company needs cash, ideally from operations, but the near-term trends suggest Warner Brothers' discovery business was getting worse, not better. The company announced free cash flow for the third quarter was negative 192 million compared to 705 million a year earlier. Cash from operating activities was 1.5 billion for the first nine months of 2022, down from 1.9 billion a year earlier. Alongside with the rise in rates, Netflix, global revenue, and subscriber growth have slowed, prompting investors to bail on peer stocks, including Warner Brothers Discovery, which had spent the past three years developing streaming services HBO Max and Discovery Plus. Moreover, the advertising market was collapsing as corporate valuations flagged. Zaslav said last month that the ad market has been weaker than any point during the 2020 pandemic. Warner Brothers Discovery shares have fallen more than 50% since the Warner Media Discovery closed the deal in April. Its market value stands at $26 billion. In addition to job cuts, Zaslav directed spurred the elimination of content across the company, including scrapping CNN original documentaries, Warner Brothers killing off Batgirl, and Scooby 2 Holiday Hut. The HBO eliminating dozens of little watch TV series and movies, including about 200 old episodes of Sesame Street. The immediate decision allowed Zaslav to take advantage of tax efficiencies that come and change in strategy after a merger. Warner Brothers Discovery expects to take up $2.5 billion in content impairment and development write-offs by 2024. The company, which had about 40,000 employees, has booked $2 billion in synergies for 2023. Overall, Zaslav has promised $3.5 billion in cuts and cost cuts to investors from an initial promise of $3 billion. The underlying rationale behind Zaslav's cut-costing strategy centered on turning Warner Bros. Discovery into a cash flow generator. Not only would cash be needed to pay off debt, but Zaslav's pitch to investors would be to view his company as a shining light in a changing entertainment world, a legacy media company that actually makes real money. Yeah, okay, this is where he's going to have to learn to make money. Okay. I, I feel like the CEO now is going to be changing things around, but this is probably where it needs to begin, okay? at least in the American side of things. The United States does not trust news media across the board right now, at least from if you listen to news media sometimes, okay? Or if you listen to other influencers on social media, they will tell you that the news media is is lying, okay? If he were able to turn CNN into an actual news reporting station again, that would probably be this the first big start for CNN in the right direction. Okay. If he is about making money and turning into a cash flow, that means they have to actually start reporting news. And that that's where things get interesting, okay? I mean, right now, I don't know if CNN's doing that currently right now, but I mean, this is the man who seems to be able to turn things around in the making. At least he he's making the pitch right now. Don't know if he actually will at the end of the day. It says here that Zaslav is trying to give Warner Brothers Discovery a head start on what may be year of downsizing among large media and entertainment companies. His strategy appears clear. Cash generation will coax Wall Street into seeing his company as an industry perf- outperformer. But he'll need to keep together a company made of tens of thousands of ex-Time Warner and then ex-Warner Media employees who have been through round after round of reorganizations and layoffs. And they even admit in this article that cash rules everything. If he's able to turn around this company overall, cash will be the deciding factor on whether or not this will turn around. Okay, Cash is king. It will always be considered king in the investing world currently right now. 
And if he's able to turn around, especially I'm saying it now, if he can make CNN more of a news organization where they're reporting the news, that would definitely turn around this company at the end of the day. But continuing on with articles, Paramount shares, because Paramount is somewhat related to this, Paramount shares fall as CEO lowers fourth quarter ad revenue forecast. Shares of Paramount Global fell Tuesday after CEO Robert Bakish warned the fourth quarter advertising revenue would be lower than the company's sluggish third quarter figures. The current market is challenging, and we're in it every day, Bakish said during this UBS Global TMT conference in New York. The challenge is both on the linear side and the digital side. We've had look for some improvement in some sectors, but we haven't seen that. Bakish has warned in recent quarter earnings calls that the worsening advertising market has been weighed on Paramount's business. On Tuesday, he advised the company's previous forecast to down a bit below third quarter rather than in line with prior results. Paramount's ad revenue declined 2% in the third quarter. In addition to its broadcasting network and portfolio of cable TV channels, Paramount's streaming service Paramount Plus has had an ad support tier. The company also owns the free ad supported streamer Pluto with Backish said that also feeling the pain of the tough ad market. Paramount isn't the only media company to say the ad market is rough. NBC Universal CEO Jeff Schell said in the UBS conference Monday that it's steadily worsened over the last six to nine months. Still Shell and his company will still see fourth quarter ad revenue up mid single digits compared to last year, knowing that Peacock and the runoff election campaign in Georgia gave NBC Universal a boost. Paramount's backage is optimistic and current advertising trends will reverse, however. A challenging advertising market is cyclical. Backage noted, we managed through a number of these cycles and re as recently as the beginning of the decade. This too is a cycle that will turn, and when it does turn, you'll see the power of the portfolio of assets we have. Okay. Yeah, ad revenue is going down across the board in some parts of the industries. Okay. We know Facebook's feeling it. We know. Well, at least not, not known as Facebook, Meta. We know Alphabet's feeling it. And then I like I've mentioned in past podcasts, it's weird how Pinterest hasn't felt it as much. We know Microsoft is feeling it because of Bing advertisement and LinkedIn advertisements. But advertisements are going down, apparently. Apparently, this is what gets cut. I'm not a believer of that 100% of the time. I believe some businesses will continue to thrive and give advertisements about their products and services, maybe not as much as they used to, but they still will be advertising. It's not like advertising just stops altogether overall. But at the end of the day, it seems like there, there will be some pain in the making, you know, honestly, because advertisement is kind of the lifeblood of companies. And if you don't focus on making cash, this is the end result of it at the end of the day. Or at least some of these companies should have been preparing for rainy day funds during the the good times last few years. So, but speaking of new changes, okay, says GM battery plant workers to vote on union representation labor tests for EVU industry. This is from CNBC as well. Detroit, the United Auto Workers Union will be the first time this, well, correction, will for the first time this week attempt to organize a major electric vehicle battery plant for the Detroit automaker, potentially setting a, a precedent for similar multi-billion uh, facilities to come. Void by national labor movement and the Biden administration's pro-union comments, labor and, and industry experts largely expect workers at the Ohio plant of Ultimating Cells, or the 
uh, Ultimate Sales LLC, a joint venture between General Motors and LG Energy Solution, to vote in support of a UAW's representation. A loss would be a majority setback for the union and its organizing efforts. Quote, if they can show that the workers there trust the union, then other battery plants may have more pressure to follow suit, said Art Wheaton, a labor professor at the Worker Institute at Cornell University. The, organiza- the organizing vote is set for Wednesday and Thursday. Roughly 900 workers will be eligible to vote. The UAW's push into the battery plants comes amid a larger labor movement that has included U.S. corporations like Amazon and Apple to Starbucks to Chipotle. Most recently, Delta Airlines and its pilots unions last week reached a preliminary agreement for raising for raises topping 30% year over, over four years. A milestone deal could sharply drive up aviators' pay across the industry. Joint venture battery facilities are viewed as crucial for the UAW to grow and add members as automakers such as GM transition to electric vehicles, which require less tra- traditional labor and parts than cars with international combustion engines. The Ultiman plant in Ohio, which will start production in August, is the first of at least four U.S. battery facilities for the GMLG joint venture. The plants are expected to employ thousands of workers in the coming years. Ford Motor, uh, Stellantis, and other automakers have announced similar plants, which would each have been organized separately in addition to other Ultiman, Ultiman plants. The organization vote comes after Ultimum declined to recognize the union, though an expedited organization organizing process called card check despite comments from gm ceo mary barra expressing support for the right for employees to unionize last thing we'll read about this article because we got to be able to move on to the next one too okay it says here how to transition traditional auto workers into new new jobs for evs has been a major concern for the uaw for several years a 2018 study by the union found that the mass adoption of evs could cost the uaw 35,000 jobs However, the union has said that number could be less now. Okay. The trend's coming. And all honestly, new new sites are going to be made for these EV batteries in the making. Okay. They will be. Because that's where laws are going. That's what politicians have been voting for. And they say the American people want to go electric. I don't firmly believe that 100%. But as of right now, this is going to happen. And there's no escaping it right now. Okay. How this vote goes, though, like we like it says, will determine what happens to the for the EV industry going forward. I mean, there already is EV industry battery plants in other parts of the country right now, the United States. But at the end of the day, this is another growth story in the making for the EV industry, and you can expect more EV companies to be popping up in the near future too. Okay, now for the most important articles that we have to finish off today, and these two are intertwined with each other. Okay, from the t- politics sides from CNBC. TSMC to up Arizona investment to $40 billion with second semiconductor chip plant, okay? President Joe Biden is joining the founder of Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company on Tuesday to announce the opening of a second chip plant in Arizona, raising the company's investment in the state from $12 billion to $40 billion. The company will also announce it will be producing more tech technically advanced chips than originally proposed. The investment by TSMC is one of the largest foreign investments in U.S. history and the biggest in the state of Arizona. Semiconductor chips are used in everything from computers and smartphones to cars, microwaves, and healthcare devices. The COVID-19 pandemic shined a bright light on the U.S. dependency on Chinese manufacturers as lockdowns led to global shortages of the high-tech chips. Biden signed the Chips and Science Act into law under early August, allocating billions to lure manufacturers to produce the widely used chips domestically. The law included $52.7 billion in loans, grants, and other incentives, as well as billions more in tax credits to encourage investment in U.S. semiconductor manufacturing. 
Once the TSMC plants open, they will produce enough chips to meet the U.S. annual demand, 600,000 wafers per year, according to Ronin, National Economic Council Acting Deputy Director for the Industrial Industrial Policy Oversees the Chips Implementation. Okay. Now, this is where things get interesting. Okay. It says here in this article right now, okay, that this is going to apparently help Arizona in the long run because Arizona has been hit hard by the pandemic currently right now. But their chips that the chips that they want to make here says Biden is visiting the first plant in Phoenix, which is expected to begin product, producing chips by 2024. So in two years from now, almost. It was initially slated to produce five nanometer chips that will also create four nanometer chips. The second plant will open in 2026 and produce three nanometer chips, the most cutting edge chips currently available. Okay. And they say here too that. It's going to benefit companies like Apple and Micron and NVIDIA, all those companies, right? Because it's for to, let's see, it's saying it's it's for the everyday consuming items that we use. Something tells me too, because we talked about this, okay? Remember, the Netherlands has a machine that helps make chips that are meant for military purposes, Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if one of these plants soon, and it probably won't get reported when it does happen, okay? It'll probably be like one of those things where if it does get reported, we might not see it or the news might not even talk about it all at all, but they'll like quickly shove it on the rug, be like, oh, this plant's being built. Oh, but there's this other plant that's happening being built too as well. One of these plants will probably be used to make chips that will be used in military exercises in some way, shape or form. And honestly, okay, that's one reason why we are moving the plants from China back to the United States. And it's also one reason why in the Netherlands right now, the uh, the presidencies of both Donald Trump and Joe Biden have pretty much tell the Netherlands, like you cannot be selling this machine to China. Okay. I mean, chips are the future in military in, in all honestly. Okay. That's where things are going. Gone are the days where we were barbaric people. And honestly, it's just a new form of barbarism in the making, I guess. But one of these will. But this article is mostly talking about the incentive to make the plants here. Okay. Now, what's interesting is at the time of we were about ready to start recording this podcast, this news dropped and it's it's connected with the chip industry. Okay. It says here from CNBC, Tim Cook says Apple will use chips built in US at Arizona factory. Well, look at that TSMC delivers and now tim cook is like we will now accept our chips from this plant okay says here apple ceo tim cook spoke an event in arizona on tuesday ahead of the remarks expected by president biden later in the day where cook confirmed apple will buy chips built in the u.s cook said apple will would buy processors made in the new arizona factory according to a video from the event quote and now thanks to the hard work of so many people these chips can be proudly stamped Made in America, Cook said. This is an incredibly significant movement. The chips factories will be owned and operated by Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company, the biggest foundry company with over half of the global market share. TSMC produces the most advanced processors, including chips in the latest iPhones, iPads, and Macs. And then we're not going to get into any more details because we already know because we already talked about this stuff. Okay. So with now Apple doing this, okay. Actually, there is a part in here we got to talk about too. It has to do with Intel later in this article. It says American chip company Intel has also said it wants to compete for Apple's business and build its building factories in Arizona and Ohio, which are expected to be partially subsidized by the Chips Act. 
Last year, Intel said that it would act as a foundry for other companies, although its manufacturing abilities currently lag behind TSMC that makes Intel less attractive for the fastest chips, okay? This is where it's going to go, okay? Like I keep saying, okay? Chips are the new oil. And honestly, they are, okay? It's going to take time for the United States to get these plants made, but once they're made and we can start producing our own chips here, that will be a good day, okay? Because that means we're not relying on other countries. One of the reasons they're building this, and it was mentioned in the TSMC article, it says that they were afraid that there could be a day where China could invade Taiwan. And if that day were to happen, then we're, we're, we're relying on China for all the chips, okay? Remember, for the longest time, we were producing things overseas, okay? In fact, if you ever looked at anything we've done in the past it, it always starts here we threw it overseas because it was cheaper and now we're having to bring things back hmm. sounds like something a former president once said which was we need to start bringing our manufacturing back to the united states oh yeah that's right it was president trump who said that and that's when the market was going crazy back then too but at, at the end of the day it's i mean it still ties back to this article back that we read in a, in a former podcast. Okay. There will be alliances soon. And they're the whole purpose of these alliances that the people are going to be making is who controls the chip industry right now. Okay. The United States will probably make some alliances soon for the chip industry with other countries. Okay. Remember we did also talk about too, how there has been an increase of products coming from Europe too, as China has been trying to figure out what to do, if it's going to continue with its zero COVID policy or lessen up its restrictions on the zero COVID policy, all that stuff. Okay. But chips are the new oil in the making. They are. They might, they might not be today because right now oil is kind of the big deal in the market right now. But as chips become more and more needed in everyday society, there's a high, high probability that it's going to become the new oil. This isn't financial advice. Okay. Never is. Okay. And this whole point of this podcast is for information purposes only, okay? I have to remind you all, like, we here just keep observing the news overall. We keep observing the news to figure out what's going to happen next. And there's a high probability that as this news continues to break, that the United States will probably have more chip plants being made in the United States, new jobs in the making, which also means we got to have new experts and new fields, which is a good thing at the end of the day. But the chip industry is the new, is the new oil in the making. It is not financial advice at the end of the day, but it is going to be the new oil at the end of the day. And right now they're only giving us knowledge right now, to the public that, oh, it's for the iPhones, the iPads, the Macs, the computers, your refrigerator, your car. But there's also another purpose too. It's for the military as well. Okay. We've read it in past. That's one reason why they're trying to move it out of Taiwan. In fact, Joe Biden even signed a, I think it was Joe Biden. We, we talked about it in a past podcast and I can't remember all the details because it's fuzzy to remember, but Joe Biden even, I think said that there was one reason we got to, we, they don't want to sell to China because of military. And in fact, we even read about it in the Netherlands podcast in our last episode. Go listen to that if you want right now. Okay. That's at least one podcast we've talked about. And then the second podcast is from, Earlier this year, where we talked about how they were wanting to move the plants, okay? Chips on the new oil. Just keep observing, people. Just keep observing and see where things are going. Eventually, eventually the economy will recover. And at the end of the day, it's going to be interesting to see where the money goes next. But like I said, is this, this is not financial advice. I think it's going to be going into the chips next, in all honesty. 
just by the fact that there's been making this giant push. And it's been happening since April. There's been this giant push to get chips in the United States to be built here in the United States. So it's a trend that's been happening. Keep an eye out for that. So with that being said, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Hope you have enjoyed it. If you had, please like and subscribe to this podcast as every like and subscription helps grow this podcast. So we'll be able to keep talking about the news that is happening on Wall Street or that Wall Street isn't or willing to be able to talk about at all times. Please also continue sharing friends and family as you help continue to grow this podcast, fellow podcast listeners. Thank you so much for being local and hardcore fans of ours here on Stock Market Observations. So with that being said, thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. Thank you and goodbye.